Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we go ape for Donkey Kong Country's Silver Anniversary. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going so good. Uh-huh. So happy to be here celebrating Donkey Kong Country's 25th anniversary with you, Patrick. Uh, does it seem crazy to you that that game came out 25 years ago? Yeah, in some ways it totally does. And then in other ways, when I'm like thinking back on all the stuff that's happened. Sure. Between when I like played that game for the first time. Sure, 9-11. And now I'm like, yeah, a lot has happened but of mm-hmm. course to commemorate the occasion patrick is wearing a king kong outfit uh, i am wearing mm-hmm. a donkey outfit and sarah is dressed as somebody serving papers from universal studios to nintendo saying that universal is suing them right we've gotten a lot of questions about the group costume so far which is remarkable because we have not left my apartment in these costumes it's just my neighbor walking by and saying what are you guys doing in there and us uh, pulling the curtains exactly it's a thanksgiving tradition <laughs> or it will be from here on out <laughs> yeah. this is the the first we are establishing it uh speaking of a tradition you can borrow my copy of sonic forces for the nintendo switch all you gotta do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com with a mailing address where we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces and you can play it for as long as you want. I think at this point, Sonic Forces is becoming either a cult favorite uh-huh. or we're looking back on it fondly, you know, from simpler times. Uh, from simpler times? Or on it as we're, simpler we're, times. Sure. We, we are seeing a, a quaint reflection of the America of yesteryear. Of the way we were. Mm, yes. Back before we had to worry about them changing the Sonic design in the Sonic movie and then changing it back <laughs> and everyone being like, okay, yeah, I guess that is what we yeah, wanted. All right. I mean, I've still not seen the movie, but no. it does look more like Sonic. I mean, the second trailer is arguably worse than the first one because it's got more like dumb little jokes in it, right? Right. Like, there's no way that it's going to be... Like, yes, Sonic was creepy and had way too many teeth, but uh-huh. also, nothing else about that trailer looked good either. Yeah. I'm... Why would you pair Sonic with an adult cop? Yeah, yes. And why is that adult cop James Marsden? Give the guy a break. He deserves so much more than a Sonic the Hedgehog so movie. so much better. <laughs> God. Save James Marsden. Yes. Uh, so you can email us at savejamesmarsden <laughs> at gmail.com. I wonder who owns that email address. I'm going to send him an email tonight. Uh, don't send them your address. Uh, also, here's another thing that we're doing, and this is the last time we're going to ask you about it. We are determining the best piece of Nintendo music of all time, and we are only doing it with pieces of music that you nominate by emailing us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com or by tweeting at us at Name Card Society. We, we need these pieces of music, and we need them by tomorrow. Yeah, that is Friday, November 22nd. That's the deadline. That's it. Drop dead, I would say. Yes? It's a drop dead deadline. It is. There's no getting around it. That's right. It's a dream drop distance. It's a dream drop distance. It's a DDD. Uh, and if we don't get, you know, 365 over 2 divided by sleep, I, I don't know how Kingdom Hearts titles work. <laughs> uh, look, but just get those into us as soon as you can so that we can uh, determine the best piece of music. We don't want to leave anything off the table. But if we do, it's your fault because we can't add anything to the lineup. And we told you. We warned you. That's right. Okay, Mark, are you ready to get into it? Let's determine the five. Oh, this is what we're doing. This is how we're... (laughs) We should probably introduce this. I don't think we've set it up. Let's just move into the thing and that'll be the second. Here here we go. Moving forward. Happy 25th anniversary to Donkey Kong Country. We are using the opportunity to determine the five best Donkey Kong games. Now, Mark, you confessed something to me right before we started recording. 
that some may find startling. Yeah, you are putting me on blast. I Although am. it was going to come out eventually of course it when was. we start going through my list of five, is that uh, I haven't played that many Donkey Kong games. Uh-huh. And of the ones I have played, like Donkey Kong 3, I refuse to include them in a list of the top five, even if they're one of the only five that I've played. Right. So it is possible that Mark has only played five Donkey Kong games, although I feel like I've played at least five Donkey Kong games with you. Right. But none of them. Yes. But not all of those are going to go on my list. Right. So uh, we'll just see how this plays out. Yeah. Yeah. So um, th- there are a ton of games. There are a bunch of Donkey Kong games, right? And we are approaching this holistically, even though we are saying that we are doing this as part of Donkey Kong Country's uh, 25th anniversary. Our entries need not be part of the Donkey Kong Country series. Completely. Or even use the that like design of Donkey Kong. If we wanted to, our list could be Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Donkey Kong Jr. Math, Donkey Kong 3, and... Uh, you know, a, a a fifth one, <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be that. I don't think it's gonna be that either. Um, w- would you like to? Well, so we we both came to this with with our own list of mm-hmm. five, um, and I assume that we will have some overlap, but also prop prop maybe maybe mostly not. Right. Um. So I think our lists are going to be your answer heavy. Although right. maybe I'll make some compelling cases for some of the games that. I have on my list. Um, but our, the goal of this, and I'm saying this for my benefit as much as anybody's, is for us to combine our lists to come up with five. Like, pare it down. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we should come up with, with a, a, an ultimate five. And I also do believe that uh, during this, um, beyond representing you know, the five games that you came with and five games that I came with, that we should look at it holistically and try to, and maybe, so maybe the list shouldn't be like restricted to the idea of like the five best so much as like, uh, here is a fun, like cross section of what Donkey Kong brings to, uh, to video games. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. As long as we're all on the same page, that that would be a definitive fun list of game, like a cross section of games. Yes. That, Donkey Kong brings to video games. I agree to these terms. Uh, would you like to start with one of your uh, top five picks? Yeah. So I, I'm going to start with uh, probably a very uncontroversial piss pick, which is Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. The original Donkey Kong Country. Uh, on my list as well. Uh, so I feel like the original Donkey Kong Country is going to go on this list uh, definitively, no matter what. Right? I think, yeah, I think so too. I remember the first time that I saw it in action, and I feel like it was at like a friend's house or something like that. Like I can't remember exactly where it was. Yeah, but it really did blow my mind. And at this time, I wasn't really like tuned into the console wars or know what was going on. Like my cousin who lived in New York, he had a PlayStation, so I knew what like PlayStation was. Wait, was PlayStation even out at this point? In 1994, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sure. Uh, keep, keep talking. I'll well, look it up. Well, ba- basically, it was like, I, I was always a Nintendo kid, right? Like, uh, my f- parents, we would get Nintendo consoles, and I was happy with that. Like, I wasn't, I w- had friends who had, like, Genesis and s- things like that, but I never wanted one. I was very happy playing Nintendo. PlayStation, the original, came out the next year. Oh, okay. So, uh, so like, I was aware th- that other things were out there. But when I, but there was none of this like wh- whose graphics are better, yeah, type thing that I was really um in. But I was all about bits, right? Oh like, yeah, sixteen bits, sixty four bits. The idea of it was blowing my mind. And Donkey Kong Country looked like it, nothing I had ever seen before. Yeah, I mean it is. It's so funny just because like looking at it now, like they they look bad, right? Like um, but they're. We, you know, we hadn't seen these kind of like pre-rendered um, images uh, that had then been like severely digitized, uh, but it, it seemed like magic. Like I remember people saying that you know Donkey Kong looked like a gorilla, which is insanity because like no way does a gorilla look like that. It also had a very like '90s attitude. 
uh-huh. where every where you well, know Diddy Diddy did. I think I one, think all the whole like thing did right. Like sure. Cranky was sassy, yeah. and um, there was rapping and cool music. And, oh, there sure was rapping. I think the one thing that does uh, or not not rapping. I guess they they hold that off until uh, sixty four. Oh like right, but rapping. remember like at the beginning when you're in the uh, titles. Oh yeah, and um, you know like Cranky. Has the record he's, he's, player? He's cranking. He's cranking the and big And then, up. like somehow or another, he gets like bumped off. Right. And like a boombox shows up, and everybody's dancing. Yeah, Donkey Kong's holding it. Um, I I do think one of the things that uh keeps the original Donkey Kong Country from being too like '90s in your face cool um is that Donkey Kong himself doesn't really participate in it. No, like, he's corporate. He's wearing a tie. He's wearing a tie, and also like. He keeps like all of his mannerisms are just like straight gorilla, right? Um, whereas Diddy, he wears a hat. Um, you know, he's got a little bit more of like he's got that like cool '90s kid persona to him, and that, that's something that you see in uh, Diddy's Conquest and in uh, Donkey Kong Country Three. That like he and Dixie are both like kind of they're like weirdly 80s kids in the 90s you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but there's a classicness well it was like developed by people who were yeah, totally. you know like growing up in the 80s yeah um but you, uh, on tuesday's episode we were talking about how mario is cool um and i think donkey kong has a little bit of that same sort of like swagger or confidence um that isn't as uh like stupid as it is uh in diddy or 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 dixie kong which is one of the reasons that for me that i put this uh as my representative from that series of games um i think it is better than donkey kong country 2 i think it is better than donkey kong country 3 um partially based on uh those characters i think also it began to introduce right like all of these um characters that we now just like consider part of yeah. the Donkey Kong series. Right? Yeah. King K Rule. Mm-hmm. Um Diddy was introduced here and eventually, you know, like Dixie. But Cranky was introduced here. Yep. Um Rambi. Yeah. You should go back to our ranking rankings of all the Kongs. That's right. And of the uh like helper, animal yep. helpers. But the other thing that I like this game blew me away because I really liked platformers as a kid. It was probably like my favorite genre at the time. And, you know, maybe actually still is. But uh, other than like the Mario games, there weren't a ton of platformers that we owned growing up. Yeah. And in the uh, SNES era. And so to have like another one and have one that was so good with so many secrets. Like, there were parts of it that just totally blew my that I thought were, like, so cool and funny. Like, there's one level where if you turn around and go uh, back through the entrance, it takes you to the end of the level. Right. And, like, to have, like, all those secrets, and I think you found all of them, but there is more, you can more than 100% the game. 101%. And, yeah. and there was no precedent for that yet. Like, minecart levels, like, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I don't know. It really, it was so formative for me. It's, like, a very... Um, uh, magical game to um, me. Yeah, and I mean, it is also uh, it's it's Grant Kirkhope, right, who did the music, or is this a uh, uh, David Weiss? I'm not, I'm not sure. I think it might be David. It Weiss. might be David Weiss. Um, but the music in this game is uh legendary. The aquatic ambience is uh a track that we are going to be talking about next week on our battle of the best Nintendo music ever. Um, like the the music throughout this game is just phenomenal um and you know in addition to music there are just like a lot of interesting little like nature sounds like the soundscape for this game is uh amazing uh, i also think one of the things that donkey Kong country does very well is create a sense of space and like you the environment of that island is very compelling and very interesting and varied like as you're going through it um you know, it, it does kind of like the normal thing of like, here's a little bit of a more deserty area. You start in like a jungle and then, you know, like here's the snow level. But there's also like, all right, and this one's the like the industrial pollution plant, you know. Um, but like, I don't know. I always think about the sort of uh, atmospheric storytelling of the part of the snow level, the, the stretch of four uh, levels back to back where it's it's a, a grueling thing to get through. Uh, that you have to do all 
four of those levels and then maybe one more even before you can get to a, a save point um where the first one is uh snow barrel blast where uh like the blizzard like slowly sets in as you're moving throughout the level um which is something that i don't remember ever seeing before and yeah. i don't know if that really was like the first time something like that had been done but it was the first time I experienced anything like that. Yeah, and it's so awesome. Like, the way it's measured out, like, you start the level and it's not snowing at all. Uh, and then, like, every time you get to, like, a new section, which is usually, like, triggered by you launching out of a barrel, um, there's, like, more snow in the background. And then there's, like, heavy snow in the background. And then by the end of the level, there's, like, huge snow even in the foreground. And, like, you can't see anything. And it's chaos. And then you spend the next two levels inside caves. Um so you're like, okay, I guess I'm, you know, you sort of like forget that it was snowing um, in the last level you played. And then you get to the the next like outdoor level and the snow has like started or like it is still going. And by the time you get to the end of that level, it has all disappeared. Like it does such a good job of being like, oh yeah, a, a blizzard set in. So you took uh, refuge in a cave and then you like came out of it as the blizzard dissipated. Like it's so cool and feels like such a genuine like progression of time and space uh in this stupid game where your gorilla is trying to get uh bananas back you know um i just i just love it and it we, you know we've uh ragged on um Donkey Kong country 2 uh, a fair amount so we don't need to like dwell on it too much um but one of the reasons that i wouldn't put Donkey Kong country 2 on this list is uh, I don't feel like the levels are varied enough. Um, that you spend too much time in like the sort of like uh, uh, briar patch uh, sort of aesthetic. Uh, too much time in that, and too much time uh, in like volcanoes. Uh, and I guess maybe also too much time in like weird bee areas, right? With lots of honey. Yeah, like the, those are those are the three images that I associate with that game, and I just feel like there are so many more uh, different world types in the original. Um, but uh, so I think we agree. Donkey Kong Country uh, goes on this list for sure. You want me to go next? Yeah, go for it. Um, so obviously, uh, Donkey Kong Country is one of mine. Um, the next on my list comes out the same year as Donkey Kong Country. This is Donkey Kong '94 for the Game Boy Color. Uh, this is a game that starts off uh, and appears very much to be a Game Boy Color version of the original Donkey Kong arcade game, but you blow past the original first four levels and uh, the whole thing like opens up and it is clear that what you are playing is a like action puzzle platformer where you're controlling Mario, who now has all of the acrobatic moves that we will eventually like understand Mario to have in all games. Like this is where uh, the Mario triple jump comes from. This is where Mario doing like the handstand and like jumping high. Like it's, it's every move that Mario just shows in super Mario 64. Uh, he first shows off in uh, Donkey Kong 94. Um, and it's just a beautiful game still looks great on like, you know, if, provided that you're willing to embrace the limitations of a Game Boy Color. Um, and it's got so many levels. It introduces the idea of New Donk City. Um, that's like... Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. The city that Donkey Kong 94 takes place in is New Donk City. Um, and so that's something that they picked up on in Super Mario that's Odyssey. Amazing. Um, and it's just, it's just a great game. I picked it up uh, again recently on the uh, 3DS and holds up. Super fun. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's, I really, it is for me, like the best way to experience the original style Donkey Kong gameplay. Um, I love the original Donkey Kong. I love Donkey Kong Jr. I think those are phenomenal games. Donkey Kong 94 makes them both obsolete. I've never played it. I, oh, it's a game so I didn't good, even know man. existed until like five years ago or something when I think I heard Jeremy Parrish talk about it on Retronauts. Yeah. Um, it, makes me want to play it so much it's widely regarded i feel like nowadays is one of the best game boy games yeah totally i um, mean if, if if they if they were ever going to do like a, a game boy classic edition um the donkey kong 94 would absolutely have to be it would have to be on that thing like as as quintessential as like tetris you know um and i recognize the name of the game is not donkey kong 94 it is just donkey kong but I mean, which I think is such an interesting choice because there was another Donkey Kong game for Game Boy, also just called Donkey Kong, which was 
just the original Donkey Kong arcade. Yeah. So, I mean, what are you going to do, though? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I feel like for that reason, it kind of went under the radar on its release a little bit. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the Game Boy Color is such a weird, like, half step in... Um, like the life cycle of the Game Boy brand and like the portable brand, um, the Game Boy itself had already been kicking around for so long, like a decade, um, when they put out the color as sort of like a stopgap until the uh, Game Boy Advance came out, like two, three years later. Um, so, and you know, I, I think the Game Boy Advance is looked on so fondly um, because a lot of you know really cool games came out for it, and a lot of people are introduced to uh, Super Nintendo games through it. Um, and like the original Game Boy is so closely associated with, uh, the games that came out for it, uh, like initially, and then later Pokemon that like the color just as a like genre of game is, is like a, a footnote or like a, a curiosity in, um, Nintendo's history. Yeah. Which is weird. Cause, uh, I think it was a full five years from, because if the color released, if this game was in 94, yeah. Then the color oh, yeah, had to have been out by then. Point. And I don't think that the advance released until 2001. Yeah, that is right. So, so I, I guess think it, it literally was, was like yeah. a stopgap. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, so 94. Hong Kong 94. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Um, okay, so I'm going to jump to one of the maybe more tangential games on okay. my list. All right. Um, before going back to I, what I think is for sure a Stone Cold classic. Uh, so I'm putting Super Smash Brothers Melee on here, and the reason I have it on here is because Donkey Kong was a fighter in the original N64 game, but I, and honestly, I can't remember, was there a Donkey Kong-specific level in that version? I don't know, but I do know that Melee introduced Jungle Japes, yeah, which is uh, one of my favorite Smash Brothers levels ever. And has such like left such an impression on me because one of the things that's the one with the rushing water at the exactly. bottom. Exactly. So right? there's like two like huts yeah. that are seen on top of uh, rushing water, and then there's a couple of other platforms on the side of different sizes. But one of the things that I really like about this level is I feel like you know uh, we've talked about in the past that my part of my love of Donkey Kong Country is just like the mood and my memories of like the emotions of like playing that game. Yeah. And I think that Jungle Japes does such a good job of evoking the like perpetual twilight of totally. um, Donkey Kong. And it really is like the aesthetic that I associate with those Donkey Kong country games, especially the first one, even though weirdly, I don't think it's like actually a direct mapping of anything from the, yeah. from Donkey Kong country. It's just like taking the like design aesthetics and like the the design of like the huts. Yeah, and to me it like taps into like the mm -hmm. um like artistic emotion of what that series evokes at its best. Uh so yeah, like it's something that I associate as like quintessentially Donkey Kong even though I think it only exists in this one yeah, like kind of like random place um and you know smash is so good at that at like evoking the like quintessential nature of a game um I, I guess i will take issue with it being like one of the top five donkey kong games <laughs> hey, i told worth, you going in worth this the is going shout to be out. yes worth the shout out i think yeah i think probably not on our list but yeah i mean um, I've, I've already written it in there <laughs> it's not final of course yeah. No, you've written it as not in the list. Oh, that's right. Oh, yes. The, I wrote it on the not the list. Yes. Right. Um, so my next pick, perhaps not a surprise, people who've listened to the show before, is uh, Diddy Kong Racing, which I'm counting as a Donkey Kong game, uh, even though Donkey Kong appears not in the game. Uh, it is Diddy Kong as the star, and most of the time, uh, I'm not playing as Diddy Kong. I'm playing as, like, uh, Conker or Banjo or uh, that Badger guy. <laughs> Um, his name is like Bumper, maybe? I think his name is Bumper. Um, but Diddy Kong Racing, to me, um, one of the things that maybe keeps me from putting it on like our, or like insisting that it goes on our, our definitive list, is that I don't think there is a uh, like perfect way to play this game now. It was a, a kart racer originally on the Nintendo 64, um, and then re-released on the DS, and uh, on the DS, like some of the graphics are cleaned up and just like overall the frame rate is better. 
and everything. But every single race starts with like a dumb little touch mini game to like get a boost, depending on what kind of vehicle you're in. Um, so one of the things that it, this game did two big things like to distinguish itself uh, from Mario Kart, right? Um, first is that there was like an overworld um, between the tracks, uh, like a big open island that you can just like drive around as part of like a story mode to unlock new tracks and all this kind of stuff. Um, so there's that. And then also uh, three different kinds of vehicles. So you could either drive around in a cart, a little hovercraft, or in a little plane. Um, and in the DS version, um, depending on which one of those uh, three vehicles you were in, there was a different like little touch mini game. Mm. I feel like one of them you maybe had to like blow on the microphone to like try and get the the boost. Um, so like it's in every other way a superior version of the game, um, but in this one way is like almost irredeemably bad. <laughs> you know, um, I, I would love for there to be either a new Diddy Kong uh, racing or just a remaster um, on current hardware. Um, but the the game was just so fun and like was one of those uh, genuine competitors to uh, Mario Kart and really doesn't mess with the formula too much. Like, you know, there are uh, there are other um, kart racers that you know kind of get put up uh, in the same like echelon as Mario Kart, like um, the uh, Crash Team Racing or uh, Mod Nation Racers, and all of those like kind of stake out a little bit different space. Um, but uh, Diddy Kong Racing feels very much like Mario Kart. When I was doing research for this episode, I found a game that was canceled and never released, but it was like a, a Diddy Kong Racing sequel that did feature Donkey Kong. Yes. And it was only planes or like the only vehicle in it. Yeah, it was pilot, right? Yeah, I think it was originally a GameCube title. And then Nintendo's relationship with Rare obviously changed a lot in the gamecube era and then a little bit of work was done for it on the wii but obviously was never released uh also didn't they like start to change it to uh banjo pilot uh, as like a, a gba game i also did a little bit oh, of research on this too yeah um but you know also did never uh, actually saw the light of day it, it is weird to me that it is a brand um that I mean, it must it must not have been that successful, but like it's one of those games that I feel like is well regarded in our like collective memory. Um, it's just weird that they've never gone back to it. Although I guess the counterpoint is Mario Kart is such a uh, such a system seller that like you know why why muddy the waters there? Yeah, I also think you just see that so much in like Nintendo's history, right? Like the list of IP or franchises that have just kind of been abandoned is pretty long. And I think some of it is just, like, the opportunity cost, right? Yeah, totally. Like, Nintendo, for as successful as it is, is not that big of a company. Right. And so they just don't have the development team teams to uh, work on all these different things. And then I think the other part of it is, like, like you are saying, like, Mario Kart is the kart racer that they've chosen to put their focus in. Yeah, totally. And, I mean, to, to be fair, uh, and this is, you can see it in the uh ds uh re remake um they had to take out a bunch of stuff that like rare owned you know like the game is arguably more of a rare game than it is a nintendo game um because it, it that's uh banjo appears there first conquer appears there first um and neither of those characters are in the the re-release and if they were to do like a remaster now uh he, they would have to be missing again so uh, my next pick is kind of in the same vein as Smash Brothers Melee, so maybe not going to make it on the list. But cool. I, you know, I don't want to. I'm going to write it down. on the hopes and dreams of this too late. But uh, it's Mario Kart Double Dash. Mmm, two kart racers, <laughs> and it because it includes DK Mountain, which DK Mountain like a cool level in general, but one of the things it also introduced like barrel blasts into yep. uh mario kart i also think but i uh and this is a part where i actually can't remember off the top of my head but is oh yeah he is mario kart or excuse me donkey kong is a featured racer in double dash and is also a featured racer in uh, mario kart 64 i'm pretty yes. sure he shows up in super mario kart as well it's super mario kart it is donkey kong jr oh okay yeah um 
But yeah, this just still a Donkey Kong character <laughs> and a Donkey Kong character that, if you go back to our rankings of the Kong, is one that we don't really know what he is. Yes, or where he came from. He's like the missing what generation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because uh, Cranky Kong is the original Donkey Kong, and uh, the Donkey Kong in Donkey Kong Country is his son, grandson. And Donkey Kong Jr. is what? What is Donkey Kong Jr.? <laughs> Where does Donkey Kong Jr. fit in? No one knows. Nobody knows. Um, but yeah, DK Mountain, I don't really have a ton to say about it other yeah. than it is another one of those like things that even that is just like kind of generic or general jungle theming. Yeah. I associate it very strongly in my mind with Donkey Kong. Um, I also think that uh like the uh, like GameCube era of um, like Donkey Kong related stuff, uh, is cool because it's sort of like the last gasp before, um, the Donkey Kong Country Returns aesthetic gets stapled onto uh Donkey Kong stuff. So like, um, you know, I I like the uh DK levels in Mario Kart uh Wii and Mario Kart Eight, um, but they have uh some of them do. Um, the like sort of like tiki masks from Donkey Kong Country Returns, which I don't find to be a super compelling like component of the Donkey Kong games. Um, I don't know if Returns is on your list, and we'll find out if it's on mine. Um, but you know, it's there's enough in that game that I don't love, love, love. Um, that seeing it uh in like the future versions of um Smash or Kart. Uh, just doesn't feel as special. Yeah, it's the GameCube era is a very interesting time for Donkey Kong. Yes, because we didn't get a traditional Donkey Kong platformer. No, um, during that era, we got some other like Donkey Kong games that again don't want to like tip our hands too much because I'm right. not sure if it shows up on yours. Uh, I can't wait. To... Oh, I got a GameCube game on my list. Okay, great, because I do as well. Um, uh, after a fashion, but interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right, Mario Kart Double Dash. Again, I'll maybe take issue with, is that one of the five best Donkey Kong games? I don't know. Good, fun thing to talk about, though. Uh, so should I just cut right to uh, what we were just talking about? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Donkey Konga is on my list on the uh, Nintendo GameCube, the rhythm game that is all Donkey Kong themed, and you just play a pair of bongos uh, that have a little microphone in it so you can uh, clap, um, and it has uh, some pop tunes in it, and it's got some like weirdly arranged uh, classical pieces of music, but there are also... A handful of uh, Nintendo pieces of music in there, uh, including a sort of like samba up Legend of Zelda, and there's also a Mario medley and the original Pokemon um, theme song. I think if you go in there, if you go back to one of our earlier episodes, like way back, probably in like the first year or so of the show, we did some music episodes, and I think the Legend of Zelda samba arrangement yeah. made it onto one of those episodes i mean do yourself a favor right now and look up a video of the legend of zelda theme from uh donkey konga um and just enjoy it because it's uh, amazing um the sort of like uh like full latin band percussion section uh like drum sound in it is just fire it's awesome um and the game itself is uh just like it's so responsive and like quick it feels the most like actually uh like this is a, a complaint that i have with um uh guitar hero is that it doesn't actually feel like playing the guitar and sometimes uh people who know how to play guitar have a hard time playing guitar hero because it's such a weird like half step to doing the thing uh playing the bongos of donkey konga uh feels very much like playing bongos um and like the you know the the fact that it really only has two inputs and then a microphone um it seems like so simple um but the just the things that it makes you do and the the way it makes you uh respond really quick to like different rhythm patterns it's just super fun and super great and i love it yeah i feel like uh we all almost need to do, talk a little bit about how weird this game is that it even exists because it came out towards the end. It also had a sequel, by the way. Oh, yeah. But it, it and came, a third one in Japan. It came out towards the end of the GameCube's life. 
Yes. And, you know, like, most consoles have, you know, towards the end, kind of like the doldrums. Um, but it was particularly acute with the GameCube because, you know, Nintendo and third parties had a rocky relationship, but the GameCube is really when it, things, like, start to come apart. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, like, Nintendo wasn't developing a ton, probably because they were focused on, like, the Wii at that point. You know, there wasn't a lot for... Uh, people who own the system to look forward to and donkey konga was such a weird thing that you had to buy these like big bongo peripherals to play uh and it had weird you know like licensed music and covers oh yeah like it's such like yeah it is so strange if you want to listen to you have to want to listen to a cover band play uh blink 182's all the small things right well well you uh pound on some plastic instruments um but so yeah i mean like it is it is by no means like perfect you know because like you say um it has all these like weird licensed uh tracks that they weren't getting like the originals it was way before guitar hero had set that standard um so like you know it was just different and the uh the game supported because it's on the GameCube, it supported four players simultaneous and my buddy paul and i in college were like you know, I had gotten the second set of bongos so we could play together. And then uh, he was like, yo, do you want to go get two more? And I was like, yeah, man, let's do it. And like, we did it. There were four of these, <laughs> four sets of these bongos in my dorm room in remember, college. Do you remember how much they cost? Were they like 40 I bucks? Think, I think they were 30 bucks. 30 bucks. Yeah. Um, and I think one of them just came with the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was too much money. And I think Paul bought one of them, but uh you know we we would do uh where he would have two and i would have two (laughs) uh and just just play the game i don't know it was i i would love to see this franchise return um and i would totally buy like and if they sold like a nice pair of like real bongos like actually would and like oh man i would love it i I would commit myself <laughs> to Donkey Kong. The super like deluxe edition where it's uh, like a really nice bongo that you can <laughs> pop off the top. You know, a nice bongo it's like a where nice you can pop bongo. off the top. Um, and inside is the game. Yes, perfect. Um, okay, well, I'm glad we brought up the bongos because a game I have on my list is a game I've actually never played. Are it's we about Donkey to... Kong yeah. Jungle Beat? Yeah. Which is a platformer. I think you could also just use a uh, normal GameCube controller. And later on the Wii, they released it with like, I don't know if it had motion controls or if it was just button inputs. No, it was motion controls, But in like the, uh, whatever they called it, like the Wii like play controls. Yeah. When they would take games from the previous generation. Yeah, like something like that. Um, But anyways, this was a plat, this was a Donkey Kong platformer, not in like the Donkey Kong Country style, but Donkey Kong platformer that you would play with the bongos that was like the way that they advertised like that was the way it was meant to be played it was another use for the uh bongos that you bought for donkey konga but the reason that uh this game that i've never played is on my list is because it was developed by ead tokyo yes which was um you know like uh nintendo of japan is based in kyoto and then but they set up this uh, satellite development team in Tokyo where, you know, you could get a completely different kind of developer who, you know, was living in Tokyo or around Tokyo and didn't want to commute the hundred or live, you know, hundreds of miles away in Kyoto. And uh, EAD Tokyo is the development team that took over Mario, I think based on like the strength of the work they did in donkey kong jungle beat and they took over mario and they created the mario galaxy series and i think even though like the teams have all been rearranged and it's been a long time so i'm sure it has different people in it i think they are still at this point like the um uh the keepers of mario i think they're the team that i believe they're the team that are working on like odyssey and those yeah. types of games um so- and super Mar- and super mario galaxy is one of the best Mario platformers of all time, like really kind of like transformed what the Mario series could be. I think totally. after the, uh, uh, I like sunshine, but I think it's hard to argue. It's not a disappointment. 
And so for that reason, I love Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, even though I never played it, because it gave us uh, what the Mario series has become. So, I mean, if, if nothing else, it is uh, like genuinely trying something new with something old. Um, and not just like with Donkey Kong, but like with, oh, he, what is a Donkey Kong platformer? Um, and like, you would get into uh, situations in that game where you were like, where Donkey Kong was brawling. Um, and so like, you would hit the bongos to make him punch. Like, I don't know, what's, what's not compelling about that? And the game itself isn't great, but like uh, it, it definitely like shows that spirit of uh, like invention and uh, experimentation. Um, so I'll write it down, Mark. Tentatively, we'll see where we net out with the five. Uh, uh, so my, I'm on my my final one now because I agreed with you on on uh, Donkey Kong um, Country. Um, my last entry is uh, Mario versus Donkey Kong Two March of the Minis. On the Nintendo DS. Uh, so this is. There have been a lot of uh, minis games. A lot of Mario versus Donkey Kong uh, mini minis games. Which are very like Lemmings-esque. Um, you are shown like a map. And it's all like touch-based controls. Um, and you don't have um, like direct control over any of the little like wind-up Mario toys on there. But you have to guide them through. Um, you know, a level with various hazards and stuff um, to get them to like the the entry or the, to the exit um, in either a certain amount of time or without like letting any of them die or anything like that. Um, and there are a lot of these games, right? Um, uh, most recently, I believe, is the uh, Tipping Stars, which was a version of it that was free on um, uh, 3DS. Uh, that you could also use like amiibo to like tag in like other little like wind up toys, um, and that that had a lot of uh like user generated content, and you would uh like earn stars by making levels and then tip people stars when you were playing their levels by saying oh it's a good level here have uh three stars or whatever, um, but all of that is like uh too reliant on actually maybe I I might be confusing uh tipping stars with um. Uh, just like a, the amiibo version of it, it seems like they they've done too many like weird variations on it. I want to get back to the original March of the Minis, which is uh, Mario versus Donkey Kong Two, um, and uh, yeah, that's it. It's it's a Lemmings esque game, um, but still is close enough to like the origins of uh, like the uh, like Donkey Kong ninety four, where like your little Mario. Um, on like a big puzzle platforming screen is sort of like the basis of it. You just don't have direct control over the character. Yeah, it's a franchise I'm not familiar with or like a series I'm not familiar with. But I do feel like they, for a while, they were releasing like a lot of variations on it. Yeah, totally. Um, But I think it's another one that either like they've just kind of lost interest in or that team is working on something else. Uh yeah, so there. Hold on, I'm I'm pulling up the uh the Wikipedia article here. Um, there was the original uh, Mario versus Donkey Kong, which is a little bit more like direct control. It's less uh like Lemmingsy. Um, then there's March of the Minis, Minis March again, Mini Land Mayhem, Minis on the Move, Tipping Stars, and Amiibo Challenge. So I was right; those are are, are separate games. Yeah, that's a lot of variations of like. That's a lot of entries in this series. Yeah, yeah, and you know if. If, like they could put out another one of these um and just like update it you know like they don't need to it doesn't need to be a new game every time you do it just uh you know put out more levels i think people would be into that sidebar yes i looked it up it's called new play control new play control and thinking about it now i had never made this connection before but it's very similar to the playbook we've seen nintendo do where they've taken wii u games and put them on switch because it's like well we put a lot of time into these Wii U games and they're really good, but not very many people played them. So let's put them on where they will have a bigger, on a platform where they'll have a bigger audience. Nintendo did a very similar thing with uh, new play control where they were like, we made a lot of GameCube games and some of them are really good and nobody was able to play them. Right. So let's like repackage them for Wii with some motion controls. And everyone and your grandma has the Wii. So like everyone can play it. Right. I wonder how, how those sold like how the new play controls uh they must have done okay right for them to like do a handful of them 
mean, um, they, they certainly did do a couple of them. So here is my final pick. And I, it's really bringing things full circle. I don't think it's a surprise for anybody who's listened to me talk about this game on the show before. It is Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, which I think is uh, probably the best, in my mind, Donkey Kong game that I've ever played. It's, um, you know, just, it's kind of the perfect platformer. Yeah, and and is just such a... You know, we are talking, or I was talking about the uh, how varied the original Donkey Kong Country is. Uh, this game blows it away, right? Like the levels are so every single level that you go into uh, tells its own once story. You, once you get out of like the first yeah, yeah. like island, which is kind of generic um, island islandy and yeah. uh, is not very special, but you get to that second one and everything's like really autumny. The music really kicks in. Uh, and then you get to like that one that's like Lion King on Broadway. Like, oh man, Lion it's just King on Broadway! So amazing and varied. The music does something that is so uh, unique to this game. It makes it like a theme park ride in which so like different sections have different like pieces of music that queue up depending on where you are. And I guess like other games do it, but just the nature of these like two D platformers and yeah. some of like the rocket barrel levels, like all that kind of stuff. Um, makes it such like a unique and beautiful package that's challenging, but uh, but just... if you got that funky mode, baby. Oh yeah, the Switch version is the only one that I played all you know like all the way through, and it's totally the way to do it. Yeah. Um. Also, just on that note, uh, we we have gotten to the point now where Donkey Kong Country Returns is not on our list here. Um, but if you are going to play it, dear God, play it on the 3DS because it does away with the motion controls. Um. That that's it. <laughs> I also think that game is too hard. It is, yeah. And like uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze is difficult, um, but uh, with the changes that they made for the Switch version, yeah, it's much more manageable. Whereas I don't think any version of uh, Returns ever really like found that sweet spot. Yeah, I mean the the economy of uh, Donkey Kong uh, Tropical Freeze is also such that like you can just buy extra lives uh, using the, the coins, which are so plentiful. Um, and you don't really have the same options to like kind of brute force your way through uh, returns uh, in the same way that you would with Tropical Freeze, which is fine. There's no, uh, there's no uh, shame in that. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, uh, I, I didn't pick up the... Um, the Wii U version, or the sorry, the Switch version of of Tropical Freeze, but I really liked it on um on on the Wii U, and that's like one of the Wii U games that I will like pull out the the system for and you know mess around with that big dumb gamepad. Um, okay, so that means that we have the following games on our list. Are you ready, Mark? Yes. Donkey Kong Country, Donkey Kong ninety four, Super Smash Brothers Melee, Diddy Kong Racing. Mario Kart Double Dash, Donkey Konga, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, Mario vs. Donkey Kong 2, March of the Minis, and Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. That is nine. We've got to cut four from this list. So I will tell you my five, or maybe four. Uh, um, I think Donkey Kong Country and Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Uh-huh. Are easy picks. I think, I think that is right. Donkey Kong ninety four definitely deserves to be on this list. And so I guess three. I can think of three offhand that I feel like strongly about. Uh, yeah, and I'll I'll agree that those that those three are kind of kind of a lock. Um. <clears throat> Because we can talk about brief, we can briefly talk about like the arcade games that we're leaving off of this list. Yeah. Like, I think Donkey Kong Three. If you uh, were a listener of the show when we were doing our Donkey Kong Three High Score tournament, you uh -huh. know that game is terrible. It's it's a bad game, yeah, and has an absurd difficulty spike uh, where the game just becomes impossible, and then Lizzie clowns us all out with her <laughs> score, and it's like we can't even compete. Uh, and then. Uh, the original Donkey Kong, I think we're replacing on this list with Donkey Kong 94. Yeah. And then Donkey Kong Jr. Um, is fine. Uh, yeah, I, I like Donkey Kong Jr., but like I, I don't you know, in, in any way think it uh, like has to be on this list. 
Um, I think we should choose either Donkey Konga or Donkey Kong Jungle Beat to go on here because uh, the bongos are so neat and so weird. And like, I, I understand this makes it more of like a museum list because it's like, how can you even play this game now? Uh, either of these games now. Um, but I think they're an important part of what they tried to make Donkey Kong or like what Donkey Kong could have been. And it, well, and if nothing else, it's definitely a snapshot of an yeah. era in yeah. Donkey Kong history and Nintendo history. So my vote is Konga um, because I think it is the most pure version of that versus Jungle Beat, which while I am so grateful for it for giving us uh, Odyssey, is, excuse me, uh, well, I guess eventually, but uh, Galaxy, it's, I've never played it. Right. And maybe not that great of a game. Um, Man, if they ever did put out uh, Donkey Konga again and made people buy <laughs> bongo drums again. Uh, well, when the GameCube Classic Edition comes out. Well, totally, right. It'll come with four of them. Um, that uh, <laughs> Jungle Beat better be like an unlockable <laughs> on there. Uh, so that leaves us with one more position. Um, and here are the games that we have not already put in like the, the lock. Super Smash Bros. Melee, Diddy Kong Racing, Mario Kart Double Dash, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat and Mario vs. Donkey Kong 2, March of the Minis. Uh, Should we at this point point out that we are, are, have not talked yet about Donkey Kong 64? I think my uh, l- like lack of love for that game is well documented mm-hmm. on this series. Um, the so, series Nintendo Cartridge Society. Yes. <laughs> so I don't think that it necessarily comes as a surprise that it didn't make my list. Right. Uh, and didn't make my list uh, because, uh, you know, I also don't really love it. Um, I, I think don- for me, I can 100% say that Donkey Kong 64 suffered from expectations. Right. This was another game that I didn't like. I wasn't. Uh, I was not really like tuned into new video games at that time i just got whatever was available to me yeah and so donkey kong 64 on the one hand was super exciting to me to get but i at the time wanted it to be another uh donkey kong country type game and when it wasn't that at all when it was um something very different i was just like it was really hard for me to wrap my head around it and so i never i've never really like bothered to give it a chance i mean the the thing that is like truly tragic about Donkey Kong 64 is that there it is a good game with too much baggage. Like it is it's a, you know, good old-fashioned rare collectathon style game which isn't inherently bad, but it tips over into bad really easily. Do you know if this was before or after Banjo-Kazooie? It was after. Interesting. Um, because I feel like it has a worse reputation, right? Like, Spandu Kazooie is a collectathon, but I it feels more it's less um, purposeful. Like, yeah, there there are fewer things to collect in in Banjo Kazooie, and fewer like types of things to collect. Um, like one of the big problems with uh the game is that like uh, you play as five different Kongs. And they each have different colored bananas that only they can collect. They each have different coins that only, like different colored coins that they, the specific monkey needs to collect. Um, they have different guns. They have different musical instruments. So, like, you are literally going into a um, Super Mario 64 style world and doing, like, you know, small, small but open world, like, exploration activities. Uh, and you do it once. And like once is, you know, still finding multiple points in, in the map and then doing the exact same thing again with a different monkey. Um, it's exhausting. Yeah, it feels like they were uh, very excited and they were like, oh, we're, we're going to make the best of all this stuff. Like, we'll take the stuff people loved about Banjo-Kazooie. We'll take people love like the different Kongs. So we'll come up with more Kongs. Right. Right. And it was uh, less than like the sum of its parts yeah totally um also it should be noted that uh there's another like genre of donkey kong game that we're not talking about here we're not talking about the uh 
and the Donkey Kong games that are all based on like the Clue Clue Land style of uh, Donkey Kong gameplay. Right, that was like a Game Boy Advance game, right? So there were two of them. There was uh, Donkey Kong King of Swing on the GBA and uh, Donkey Kong Jungle Climber, um, which is a little bit uh, that was a DS game, I believe. But I think King of Swing, the Game Boy Advance one, was another platformer um that you would control just by hitting like the bumpers on the gba and you know donkey kong would be kind of like have momentum and depending on which bumper you're hitting he would swing that direction and then also like grab right and like hold as you're like making your way up but he sort of had like infinite momentum like if you were just holding on to one little handhold he would just just rotate around it forever (laughs) um yeah and that's uh you know I, i don't think either of those games really uh warrant us uh, considering them for this list, but I I feel good now uh, bringing them up. So thinking about this as like not just a list of the best, but like a museum or like a historical snapshot of the of like what Donkey Kong games are and have been. I think um, and this is probably not a surprise, but like either uh, March of the Minis, uh huh, or Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah, so I. I I love March of the Minis, um, but I almost feel like Donkey Kong 94 accomplishes the same thing uh, by having it on this list. Um, it's a different style of gameplay, but, you know, I mean, I, I, I would say that uh, the original Donkey Kong Country and Tropical Freeze also, like, fill the same role, but there's no way I'm making these, this list without those two. So the, uh, the only counter I would say to that, and I think you're right, I think Diddy Kong racing even though it doesn't feature donkey kong is probably the right choice but uh i think diddy kong racing still lives on in people's minds and hearts because it is such like a well-regarded game whereas i think the um uh yeah the minis games the, like that series that whole series right yeah uh, has just kind of like seven games disappeared yeah. and uh like fallen out of people's minds which again i will uh say is is a shame i think the series is better than uh, you know the what the one they ran into the ground, um, and you know like, yeah, they they were trying weird stuff. You know the one t- like totally user generated, and another one um that was free that you could just uh use your amiibos to unlock. Like that's interesting. They were trying things with it, um, but maybe you know for the same reason that um Jungle Beat uh deserves a mention but not actually a place on the list, um. That is the the case for the minis as well. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right. So that means that our top five Donkey Kong games in no particular order. And Mark, I don't want to order them. I think this is exactly what we need. Top five. Same. Uh, Donkey Kong Country, Donkey Kong 94, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, Donkey Konga, and Diddy Kong Racing. We did it. Now, I feel like we did a pretty comprehensive job here, but if people want to email us and tell us why we're wrong to leave uh, Donkey Kong Country 2 off this list. Or I would love to know if there are Donkey Kong games that we missed. Sure. I mean, we didn't talk about any of the Donkey Kong Land games, um, but yeah, I mean, beyond that, we did, a, we did a pretty good job, I think. You can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com or tweet at us at Nin Cart Society and let us know uh, your top five or just, uh, you know, where, where we're wrong or whatever. Um, <laughs> or whatever. It sounds like I'm really taking it seriously, right? Like, I'm going to, it's measured criticism. I'm definitely going to read. Um, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, please share it. And do not forget that tomorrow is the last day to send us your picks for best Nintendo music ever. Don't live to regret Saturday. Yep. Do not. Look, if it has become Saturday and you have not sent us the music, it's too late. You right. S- we're recording this weekend. So right. that, that's why we're asking for it on Friday. That's right. Uh, it'll be a real use news. You lose situation. Get those suggestions in. Remember to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MK Mitchell. And the show is at Nincart Society. It's also a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8bitbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers offering to go splitsies on that fourth uh, bongo drums. <laughs> and say thanks for listening.
Hi folks, Sean Watkins here. I'm here to tell you about my podcast slash album called This Is Who We Are. That's right, it's a podcast and a record, all rolled into one. Each episode features one song off the record paired up with a conversation with a guest who is related to that song in some way. Guests include Jackson Brown, Inara George, Kate Micucci, and the conversations aren't about these songs specifically. The songs just serve as sort of a topical springboard that hopefully will lend a little context to this new album of mine. Sort of like a modern day version of liner notes, only much more personal. The podcast and the album are both called This Is Who We Are. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts.